believe he's ready to roll. He, he had a good offseason. Uh, he had a good break from what we're being told. All of his reps will be uh, monitored. They'll be scripted out, and we'll just follow that pattern as we go through it. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A little Ron Rivera from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Panthers camp continues. Joe Person of The Athletic Carolina will join us live from there in about 90 minutes. We have a classic sports movie challenge for you in about 60 minutes. The fastest growing game show in all of sports radio does get the plug pulled on it at the end of July. So win while you can. Darren's back from Boston where he watched the Red Sox beat the Yankees. Other listeners are back from Spartanburg where they watched backup quarterback Will Greer or young wideout Curtis Samuel or young D-back Dante Jackson showcase themselves in front of the assembled fans at Wofford College. You can jump in best or worst of the weekend. Cleveland pitcher Trevor Bauer looked like an angry little leaguer throwing a tantrum. He was being removed by his manager and threw the ball over the center field fence. Trevor Bauer, a worst of the weekend. Tyreek Hill, the Kansas City wide receiver, who has dodged NFL discipline in terms of a recent domestic violence allegation, but has a personal track record of disrespect toward women, continued that this weekend, disrespecting one of the women on the Kansas City Chiefs beat. That was also a worst of the weekend that hit my inbox. Best of the weekend is a little bit all over the place. You can jump in right now. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? We'll get Darren's in-person update from Fenway Park as the Red Sox did take three of four from the Yankees. He was there for game three. The Red Sox are one of the best of the weekend, regardless of Darren's trip there. They are one game out of the AL wildcard picture, which is a lot better than where they were weeks or months ago. Steelers wideout Juju Smith-Schuster, PGA star Brooks Kepka, NASCAR star Denny Hamlin, UFC star Max Holloway, Tour de France winner Egan Bernal, the pro surfer who went from getting a shark bite to hitting the beachside bar rather than the emergency room. Also getting best of the weekend love. One thing I promised as we come to your phone calls and look forward to Joe Person on the Panthers and Darren Vaught's report from his trip to Fenway and the classic sports movie challenge, 1-800-849-2761. This weekend, Bronny James may have tweeted or may have had somebody else tweet on his behalf a photo of the high school basketball prospect wearing a Duke uniform. Now, one thing we do know is that it is a Photoshopped photo. There's no doubt about that. Another thing we know for sure, LeBron James, one of the all-time great players, is very close with Mike Krzyzewski, one of the all-time great coaches. Their time together on Team USA ramped up a relationship that, remember, had its original seedlings, if you will. LeBron is a high school superstar in Ohio. Mike Krzyzewski has a great track record of getting the best of the best to sign with Duke. LeBron at the time, of course, ended up jumping straight to the NBA. The rules allowed that. They don't right now. That might change again soon, though, and that's one of the asterisks to remember when you contemplate the possibility of Bronny James, son of LeBron, oldest, six foot two guard, plays high school ball starting this fall in California. We're not even sure that his Twitter handle at Bronny James Jr. It isn't even like verified yet 
that that's Bronny or one of his colleagues running that. But regardless of that, a few things for you to remember as we come to your calls, best and worst of the weekend and otherwise, 1-800-849-2761. Jeremy Lynn and Grant Hill also made my inbox this weekend for different reasons. You can jump in at 1-800-849-2761. There are a lot of things. I would argue a perfect storm of unlikely events for us to eventually see Bronny James in an actual Duke uniform playing for Mike Krzyzewski. Think of the variables here. And it's fun for me to think about this. Wow, the rules didn't let LeBron play for his buddy Mike Krzyzewski, but the rules right now would allow Bronny James to play for Coach K. It is true that LeBron speaks incredibly highly of Coach K. It is true that LeBron says he would have played at Duke if he went to college. It is true that LeBron has said both, if my, if my star basketball-playing son ends up going to college, I'd be thrilled if it was for Mike Krzyzewski of Duke. That's not a rumor. That's not a Photoshop picture on social media. That also is real. LeBron also has said, of course, it would be one of my dreams if I can hang around long enough to play on an NBA team with one or more of my sons. I love everything I just said. I like to imagine it. It would be fun for us here in North Carolina. It would be fun because LeBron would be around more often. It would be fun because Bronny James would get to add his name to the legend of one of the great rivalries in all of world sports, Duke versus Carolina. It'd be fun because maybe we could get LeBron or Bronny as guests on the David Glenn Show to discuss Bronny as a member of the Blue Devils. Man, there's a lot of layers in this fun cake, if you will, as I love to picture it, as I retweeted that photoshopped photo of young Bronny in the Duke uniform. Kenny is in Wrightsville Beach. Gianna is in Raleigh. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. Putting aside who's running that account. That, I think, will become clear pretty quickly. Somebody will get to Bronny, somebody will get to LeBron, somebody will ask, hey, is that you all as a family putting out that Photoshop? What does it mean? What does it not mean? Let's just put that aside. I believe, like, by the end of the day, if not early. At 11.59 a.m. today, it was not yet clear who's running that Twitter account, okay? And it was actually only earlier this year that LeBron let his older son, Bronny, get, like, an Instagram account. Now, that one's verified it's actually Bronny. I haven't seen that same for Twitter, so we'll see. But it's still fun to think about. Bronny James, six foot two guard, but still growing. And according to the recruiting gurus, if you made a ridiculously early list of prominent high school freshmen, Bronny is heading into his high school freshman year. Now, he's 14 years old, so he's a little bit older than most rising high school freshmen, but he's been seen enough already that these gurus will say, yeah, he's going to end up being a nationally ranked. He's not like a number one player right now. He's nothing like his dad was by his junior or senior year up in Akron, Ohio on the high school circuit. But best you can know about somebody who has not yet entered high school. Yeah, he absolutely is a division one basketball prospect. And as much as you can know about a 14-year-old, yeah, he's in the long run on the NBA radar as well. But he's not the hulking presence physically that LeBron was, and his skills aren't there yet. How much will he keep growing? How much will he get better skills-wise? We don't know. 
The other things to remember are these. If you're heading into your high school career now, that's four years into the future before Bronny could, A, enter and enroll in a college, or B, if the rules change by then, jump to the NBA. So whether you are picturing some just-for-fun scenario, Bronny in an actual Duke uniform rather than the Photoshopped one, or Bronny playing with dad, one layer here is time is working against us. We have four years. Now, Mike Krzyzewski is already in his 70s. Do you believe that five seasons from now, Coach K is going to be, what would that be, a 77-year-old head coach at Duke? It could happen. I'm not telling you it's impossible. But for example, to give you some historical perspective, Jim Beheim, this coming season at Syracuse, will become the oldest Division I men's basketball coach in history, period. That's at 72 years old. So Beheim and his slightly younger great friend, Mike Krzyzewski, are essentially setting the pace, and I mean in the history of college basketball. You can look up all, I did an article for the Athletic Carolina. I had to personally look up all these ages. I don't care if you're looking back to John Wooden at UCLA, Dean Smith at Carolina, lesser known dudes that hung around at other D1 schools for a long time, and some of them did get late 60s, early 70s. The threshold in the history of men's college basketball at the Division I level is that not many make it into their early 70s, and at least until now, nobody at the D1 men's level has made it into their mid-70s, much less their later 70s. That doesn't mean Bronny couldn't go to Duke, remember. But, folks, four years from now, uh, somebody will be welcoming a freshman class at Duke University. Maybe it's Kay. Maybe it's Jeff Capel now at Pitt. Maybe it's somebody else. I don't know. LeBron could have a Duke dream come true under any coach, but LeBron's stated dream is about Coach K and Duke. And it is, I think, a huge leap of faith to simply assume, oh, yeah, four years from now, K in his middle to later 70s is just going to be still hitting on all cylinders. Maybe. I'm happy if it does happen, but assuming it, it, Photoshop or otherwise, is a huge leap of faith. Beyond that, Let's say that, and and we know this to be true, the NBA and the NBA Players Association right now are working to change draft eligibility rules. By the time LeBron James, or Bronny, Bronny as they call him, Bronny James, high school in California, entering as a freshman this year, four years to go again, according to Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, the goal is to change the rules by the time, not for Bronny, but in the general sense, they're working with the Players Association. They're trying to make it available again for the high school superstar to go straight to the NBA. Now, again, we don't know Bronny's going to be that level. That's also speculative. But if he were good enough to be in the NBA, and again, that's dad's dream, right? I want him in the NBA playing on my team. That's my dream. Four years from now, if Bronny's as good as the wildest dreams think he could be, why would he go to college at all? One more asterisk to remember. The whole Bronny, Duke, Coach K thing has so many moving parts that the smart money at the Vegas window is that it is never going to happen. And even beyond that, let's think again. If Bronny is the superhero, and maybe the rules change, 
And the last I saw, the NBA wants to, by 2022, change those rules. And Dad wants to see maybe Bronny is that high school senior superstar. Maybe he's ranked top five in his class. But the rules have changed by then. Again, that is the plan and the hope for the NBA out of the mouth of the commissioner himself, Adam Silver. LeBron's not exactly getting any younger. It doesn't work that way, right? The, sand, the proverbial sand continues to fall through the hourglass. He's been amazing at fighting both father time and mother nature, and he's still one of the best players in the world in his mid-30s. But when we forecast four years down the road, wouldn't Bronny have to be in a little bit of a rush if he wants to realize the dream of playing with his dad or against his dad? I mean, that, now we're talking 38-year-old. LeBron James. And oh, by the way, one more complication. And again, I'm having fun with all of these possibilities as they hit my inbox this weekend. You also cannot simply say, oh, I'm his dad. He gets to play for my team. It doesn't doesn't work that way. Whether LeBron's still with the Lakers at that point or whether he's somewhere else at that point, who knows? If If your son is that good, you don't control his rights. So the dream of LeBron playing against his son is a lot more possible than the dream of LeBron playing as a teammate of his son, Bronny. It was just a photoshopped photo, at least what we know for now. But there are plenty of connections that make us want to follow this story as Bronny gets older. There are so many layers and the perfect storm type variables that would have to fall into place that don't get your hopes up is the bottom line about seeing Bronny James in a Duke uniform playing for Coach K or playing with his dad, LeBron. Do I hope it'll happen? All of the above. Do I think it'll happen? In all likelihood, no. 1-800-849-2761. Kenny is in Wrightsville Beach and next up on Best and Worst of the Weekend. Kenny, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hello? Hey, Kenny, go ahead. Hey, I was just calling, you know, Best of the Weekend. I want to share with y'all. First of all, I love your show. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Uh, but right out of your own backyard, you got three talented running backs that are in the NFL this year. You got Bryce Love from Wake Forest Roseville. Yep. He's playing for the Redskins. Yep. You got Braxton Berrios. He's playing for the Patriots. He's from Cary, North Carolina. And you got Akeem Hines from Garner, who played at NC State. Oh, man. All three of them. All three of them are tailbacks at the same time in the same conference. Now, how big is that? In little Raleigh, North Carolina, you got three pounds of tailbacks of that caliber. That is crazy. And you're talking about the same high school conference, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're all from the same yeah. conference. That is crazy. And Wake Forest Roseville. It's funny. We've had all three of those guys as guests on the show. And. Bryce Love, of course, via Stanford. Braxton Berrios via the Miami Hurricanes. Naheem Hines did stay here in our backyard, was a star for the NC State Wolfpack. Berrios is more of a wideout, but I I don't want to poo-poo your point here. Berrios is catching passes from Tom Brady. Uh, Naheem Hines is already well into his career, so he's already hitting the ground running, pardon the pun, as a member of the Colts. And Bryce Love is really just more getting underway. But how, how about this, Darren? Tell me, is this a humble brag? I ran into Braxton Berrios at the gym. <laughs> nice. Now, to say that my wife, the lovely and talented Maria, has a crush on Braxton Berrios would be an understatement. All right? 
Now, would you describe my wife's uh, personality as outgoing, Darren? No doubt about right. it. She, is it easy? If there was a word more more like outgoing than outgoing, I would use that word, but she, there's not one. Like, I'm serious. She might hug the person who rolls the, the new refrigerator into your kitchen. Like, just met him. Pretty much an arm's length transaction there. But by the end, my wife's going to hug that person, probably buy him him or her and their entire crew's lunch or dinner or whatever. That's just how Maria rolls. There's this tiny, tiny carve-out, Darren, where when she sees, like, not a famous person, like one of her favorite artists is a, a performer named David Gray. I am not kidding, and this won't surprise you. I just need the rest of the statewide audience to trust me, those who don't know Maria personally. Her idea was to bring and give a personal gift to David Gray, who's like off the charts <laughs> popular in the United Kingdom, and best I understand, pretty darn popular in the United States as well. Do you know David Gray and his work? I can't say that I okay, do. Okay, I've no. seen him in concert. I like him. Maria loves him. Now, most of us, you know, if 100 people said to you, I'm gonna, I am going to personally prepare a gift, and I'm going to research this person and make it a meaningful gift. This is not like some token I pick up at the mall on the way to the, to the concert. You know, I, I've researched this guy. I feel like I know this guy. I love his music. We're like soul brother, soul sister somehow. I don't know. I just nod my head and smile most of the time when Maria is starting to go down these roads. So I'm like, you know what, hon? If that's what you want to do, you want to give a personal gift to David Gray. I don't know how you're going to do it. Now, you can tell me where this concert is. There's a chance I know somebody. Maybe you sneak in a side door, a little VIP pass. I don't know. How many, Maybe just saying you're the lovely and talented Maria opens doors for you here in 2019 at this stage of our careers together. Sure enough, would you, be, would you have bet against her pulling that off? I kid you not. She personally hand-delivered to David Gray the, the meaning. Like, I was <laughs> expecting the next call to come from the United Kingdom saying he not only liked my uh, gift, but he asked me to jump on the private plane and I'm calling you from London. Like, I, I don't know. She's a wild one now. My wife's a firecracker. You can never really be sure. So she pulls off the gift. <laughs> like, I don't know. How do you do that? I don't know. Most of the time, you don't have personal <laughs> conversations with the people whose shows you go to see. Sure. She hand-delivered a gift. There was no private plane story, at least that I'm aware of. That happened a while ago. Husbands and wives keep <laughs> secrets from each other. I don't know. The tiny carve-out for the lovely and talented Maria. Maybe you've never seen this, and you've been around her a lot of times. Yeah. If it's Braxton Berrios, she has a crush on somebody whose family we've met, and now he's an NFL player, and she heard him as a guest on the David Glenn Show. And he is like a charismatic, talented, what, handsome young dude? I don't know. I'm an I'm an old guy. I think I'm not, all those would apply. I'm not yeah. qualified to exactly break it down any further than that for you. But she has a crush on Braxton Berrios. The only carve out. I can't think of another example where if I were out with Maria, it's like oh there's Cam Ward or Eric Stahl back in the day. I would introduce them. Like there's no problem there. The only carve out, like this tiny shy little girl, part of Maria's personality. Same person who hunted down David Gray to hand-deliver a gift, right? This is the only carve-out. So, of course, she sheepishly says at the gym that day, that's Braxton Berrios right over there. He's been on your radio show. And I say, 
do you want me to introduce you to Braxton Berrios? And she has, like, the ghost look. <gasps> Don't you dare! Don't you dare! I No, 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 I didn't mean that at all. I just wanted you to know that Braxton's here. He's probably visiting his family. He's got, he, he kind of had the hoodie of his sweatshirt up. I mean, he didn't want to be pulled in a hundred different directions, right? So, later, I'm not, I am not ready I mean, you know my wife now. It's, not, it's smart to stay on the good side. If she delivers a commandment, yeah. you follow that commandment. So I had heard the commandment. All right, somehow Braxton Berrios is one of the only exceptions to this rule that my wife loves to meet everybody, including the re refrigerator delivery guy. But this is the carve-out. So later, Braxton and I are coming upon the water fountain at the same time. The lovely and talented Maria is working out less than 10 feet away from where I talked about the perfect storm with Bronny James and Mike Krzyzewski. It was the perfect storm. And you know my personality. The odds that I was not going to make sure that I awkwardly introduced handsome young Patriots wide receiver Braxton Berrios, you know, <laughs> secret love crush of my own wife. To Maria as she's, of course, sweating. And it, she is not perfectly made up there, and she's at the gym. But if we all live to be 150, was there another chance for that perfect storm? Was it going to happen? What are the odds? I had to play the odds. Braxton, good to see you, man. David Glenn, you always join us by phone. DG, man, what's going on? I always have fun when I come on your show. And then Maria looks up with those big, big eyes. My husband is talking to Braxton Berrios, the cutest young NFL player in the history of the world. So, of course, I say, Braxton, do you have like two minutes? I know you're trying to get some work out in here, but I, one of the biggest fans of yours on earth happens to be my wife. Now, I didn't go the extra step. You know, I could have, I could have said, frankly, Braxton, if you ask her to get on your private plane, uh, the two of you will be living in Boston before I know it, before I get home later today. I left that part out because I didn't want to really embarrass Maria. But since the caller brought up that trifecta, and it is a talented trio of offensive skill players, Bryce Love, Braxton Berrios, Naheem Hines, imagine being anything, a fan, a coach, a referee in that league when they were in the high school ranks at the same time right here in our backyard. I did introduce the lovely and talented Maria to Braxton Berrios, she was mad at me for like five minutes only after we got home, but that was a fraud. And now she has a wonderful story to tell all of her <laughs> friends. She pretended to be mad for about five minutes, but she knows deep down inside that was probably her best chance ever to spend some quality time with Braxton Berrios. And that's exactly what happened at the gym earlier this year. Worthy story? Maybe yeah. not as good as being stuck in the middle of Boston without a uh, place to Maybe stay. Maybe not quite as good. I probably should have called Braxton. I don't know if, I mean, right? They, now they the puzzle training. pieces are falling that's, together. That's what I should have done. Bra does Braxton have a guest room for you <laughs> yeah. and Mick? I, that I don't know. <laughs> we didn't exchange phone numbers. He still has ours, but we don't have his. 1-800-849-2761. Best and worst of the weekend continues. How was Darren Vaught, lifelong, lifelong Red Sox fan, how was his first trip to Fenway to not only see the Red Sox in person in Boston, but to see eventually the Red Sox beat the Yankees? Boston is a best of the weekend. Gina wants in from the triangle on more best or worst of the weekend. Denny Hamlin from NASCAR. Bronny James from the basketball world. Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Brooks from the NFL, Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Bernard Langer, and others from the golf world, all best of the weekend. We'll have a classic sports movie for you next hour. We'll have Joe Person live from Panthers camp next hour as well. We'll have more of your phone calls on the other side. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Worst of the weekend list is short. Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs, Trevor Bauer of the Cleveland Indians. Some didn't like Grant Hill being the latest prominent sports figure to call out the current United States president. Some loved it, so Grant was on both sides of the fence. Now a part owner in the NBA, former Duke superstar, longtime NBA player, of course. Best of the weekend is all over the place. Darren Vaught's trip to Fenway Park allowed him to personally see the Boston Red Sox take three out of four. He was there for only one game, but it was a victory. The Red Sox are within one game of the AL wild card. The Carolina Panthers put on pads for the first time this weekend. I heard from a lot of listeners who had a blast in Spartanburg. You can join us now with your best or worst of the weekend as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Bernhard Longer, and others in the golf world. Denny Hamlin from the NASCAR circuit. Max Holloway, one of the stars of UFC 240. The, the Tour de France is over. I looked up how much money those folks make for winning or placing. It's not as much money as I thought. You got to divide it with your team, or by by custom, you divide it with your team. And if you finish like fairly high, I mean like seventh or eighth, you don't even pay your expenses. It's crazy. Now you're getting sponsorship money beyond the prize money, if you will. But other than the winner, and even that might be like half a million dollars split a lot of ways, other than the really highest finishers at that international event, you're really not turning a profit on the prize money. Think of all the stuff that you have to ship around the world and hotels and flights and expenses. You got you need a lot of sponsorship money if you're going to make it work financially in that sport. We did have another winner of the Tour de France. At 22 years old, Egan Bernal of Colombia became the youngest winner of the Tour de France in more than 100 years. That was a Best of the Weekend nominee as well. Darren, as you deliver one thing we promised – the dazzling details of you crossing off your sports bucket list, an in-person viewing of your Red Sox, not just that, but at Fenway against the Yankees. You get to experience Duke Carolina around here. You now have gotten to experience personally Red Sox-Yankees. So you're we got to get you to like right El, Cla El Clasico yeah. over in Spain, <laughs> and you'll have like three of the top five right there 1-800-849-2761 quick shout out to among others rodney rowe and kenny harrison from clayton high school they their running exploits this weekend qualified them for team usa we may have time to get more into those phone calls with your help 1-800-849-2761 but certainly worthy of a quick shout out a little bit away from the bigger headlines of the weekend. All right, Darren, how would you communicate besides the Airbnb that turned out to be a fraud and your mid <laughs> actually made the trip better. Middle of the like night scrambling back, 
just to find a place to lay your head down for a few hours. Uh, what else was special about crossing this item off your sports bucket list? It, it's a lot like, you know, we're close to it with Cameron Indoor Stadium and, and Duke basketball and the Duke-Carolina rivalry. But when you hear outsiders describe their first Cameron Indoor experience, they talk about how quaint it is, how yep. small, uh, even something as simple as, there, there's wood paneling on the scoreboard, and you don't get that at a more modern arena. There was a lot of that type of charm to Fenway Park to me. It, it's just in a – and, you know, we've probably got listeners who have been to the new SunTrust ballpark for the Atlanta Braves or other newer ballparks where there's a lot built in that's not directly related to the game and what's going on in the baseball game that's being played because yep. – the idea is to get people there more frequently, keep them there longer, that sort of thing. Uh, there's none of that at Fenway, which was just cool. It's it's stripped down. It's You're there for the game, and everybody there, whether a Yankees fan or a Red Sox fan, they, they, you know, that, they embodied that. Everybody was invested in the game. It was a fun crowd to be a part of. One thing I remember from my trip to Fenway years ago is something as primitive as just like ducking into the men's room, which is not very romantic, I know. But <laughs> it is a reminder that and, – and I've been to a lot of facilities in a lot of sports, even beyond the United States. And I can't make a long list of those where I remember thinking to myself, I am standing where somebody 100 years ago was having a similar experience to what I'm having right now. Like Wrigley Field in Chicago felt that way to me when I went there many times as a younger guy. Candlestick in San Francisco, also in baseball, made me feel that way to a certain degree. I would say the old Yankee Stadium. Obviously, most sports bucket list items nowadays are like, I want to see state-of-the-art Jerry's World if I'm a yeah. Cowboys fan, right? <laughs> I want to see Arthur Blank's new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And if you're a soccer fan, you go see his soccer team. And if you're an NFL fan, you go see the, the Falcons play there. Heck, if you're a Panthers fan, I might want to see a road game there. Because, again, it's state-of-the-art, right? There are only so many. Boston Garden was one for me. Uh, beyond the baseball context, Madison Square Garden was, is, you know, that special kind of place as well. You know, the stuff that you read about, or I did, that happened before I was born was right. happening at Boston Garden, Madison Square Garden, etc. In my personal case, those places with the most history are gone. And in many other places, that is the case now as well, right? The, game, the place I went going to with my dad to see my Philadelphia, my beloved Phillies play baseball was Veteran Stadium. It does not exist anymore. The place I went to see the Sixers and the Flyers was the Spectrum. It does not exist anymore. It's the old Spectrum. Where did I go see the Eagles? Not as often. Football tickets were expensive, Darren. We were a middle-class family. It was Veteran Stadium. Doesn't exist anymore, right? Believe it or not, all of those new buildings, some of them, like, it's still called the Spectrum. It's a different name. Or what is it now? You got Citizens Bank Park for baseball. You have the link for football. They're actually all in the same acreage right there in South Philadelphia where I used to visit my grandmother. They're all there. Like, it's just a weird flashback to my childhood. I was standing on this corner, but there were entirely different buildings and it's the same corner and maybe some of the neighbors across the street are the same neighbors from 30 years ago in my childhood <laughs> right. but all the buildings are state-of-the-art now and it's an entirely different experience the eagles and the phillies don't even share a building anymore 
So the, the examples that I gave include Fenway, where whether it was watching the game or standing in the darn men's room, I'm thinking, man, somebody in, in 1919 is experiencing maybe not the concession lines. That's different. <laughs> but, but the dimensions, the green monster, the unique layout – like your seats in the bleachers, right? Or I don't know if you hit the men's room, but there weren't many upgrades from 1919 no. in the men's room that I experienced. <laughs> they did have automatic soap dispensers. I How did about notice. That? How about that? Because I know you had sort of mentioned uh, something along those lines prior to my trip, so I I took mental notes of of you know what if anything was updated in the men's room. I mean, there are cracks in walls that I wonder if, you know, Cubs fans and Red Sox fans were complaining about 80 <laughs> years ago, and they're right. still there. Yep. <laughs> what else was memorable about your uh, sports I, so, bucket so list I experience? Think I, I like, I like uh, in terms of architecture of, of ballparks and stadiums, I take notice of what specifically they're built of. So you've got the Hokie Stone at, at Lane Stadium sure. where I grew up watching college football games. Uh, I mentioned the wood paneling at Cameron Indoor Stadium. You walk out into the concourse at Fenway, and everything is it, it's it, that exposed brick and the green railing that matches yes. the monster and the outfield wall. And it's just cool to see that forever. And to your point, you know, you see this, this huge beam above your head that's holding the entire structure up in, in part. And you just wonder, you think about the idea that that's been there for a yeah. hundred years and, and, and it's, it's still there and it's still the same park. We in the Glenn family tried to find you on TV. <laughs> and for those who don't know, my kids are big fans of Darren. My wife is a big fan of Darren. I guess I like him some of the time. And <laughs> we knew right. he was on the sports bucket list type trip. When the camera panned, I remembered you telling me you were in the outfield near one of the bullpens. When the camera panned out there, we were trying to find you and Mick. Did you have? Did your phone buzz at all saying people just saw you on TV, or were you no, not really I, close No, I don't know enough? that I got any of those. We were close, so we were just beyond. All four games, by the way, I, I, could, I could watch. I can't find my Phillies anywhere. And yet I could watch four straight Yankees-Red Sox yep. games because they were on every channel. In, what, the national game last night on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, MLB another, Network another one the day was before ESPN. that. Yeah. Yeah, two and two. Yeah. MLB and uh, ESPN. That's just how you – it's like the Duke-Carolina game. It's not only going to be on, it's going to set records most of the time. Um, so, no, we didn't see you. Yeah, but, I uh, didn't get uh, – I don't think I had anyone that said they saw me while watching. We were close, though. So, uh, Gio Urshela, the the – hitter for the Yankees hit the first home run in the game that we went to it bounced in the Red Sox bullpen and went up exactly four rows we were in that row okay. but some people to our left ended up with that bouncing home run ball so we were I mean it was funny that was early in the game and I was like man we're already like right there with with a home run ball bouncing near us neither you nor your buddy Mick who took this sports bucket list trip with Darren to Fenway this weekend strikes me as a heckler type. So you would, you of course be nice to the Red Sox pitchers and catchers and coaches. Of and, course, of course, you know, if you're wired a little differently, you may not be as nice to the Yankees <laughs> folks. Were you close enough that Yankees folks could have heard you? Whether you were you in that kind of mood? Yeah. And, and, and Mick and I had contemplated before the game started, we saw CC Sabathia down there warming up and he was within shouting distance yeah. for, for certain. And were now, others chanting and heckling? I, again, there were you, some, you there guys, was some of that around. 
around us. Yeah, okay. a, a little bit. You had guys prior to the first pitch who maybe their seats were up a little bit higher, but they had made their way down to the railing just to get some photos sure. and that sort of thing. Uh, so a lot of the Sox fans down there, you know, may have said a couple of things to <laughs> CC. He's one of them that I like. Like, I respect CC yeah. Sabathia a lot. So I, even if I was in a heckling mood, he probably would not have been the victim of any of that. You're a very advanced sports fan, man. You're, there's, no, <laughs> there's no caveman in Darren Vaughn. He's first class all the way. At, at this stage of life and for a long time, I, I am more like you. Some of the stories involving some of my friends that you've met McCormick and otherwise, let's just say pre thirty, especially. Yeah. Uh, not not <laughs> I'm not always proud of how the Philadelphia <laughs> in us came out at times. Never profanity, by the way. It, it, we my demand to my friends was we have to be creative. We're not going to be profane. We're not going to do or say things that yeah, embarrass. I like that. I like no, that stipulation. No. Well, that you know that's me reeling in the angry mob. I mean, these clowns need a little leadership, right? So I had to draw a few lines. But, you know, my favorite line when I was near the bullpen is, you know, when I was in Wrigley, do you know how far you are from what was the Cubs AAA affiliate back in the day, like Des Moines or something? Yeah. Do you know how far you are from Des Moines right now? <laughs> and I said it enough times that the relievers eventually turn around and like, who is this clown and why does he keep asking the same question? So, of course, once we know we have their attention – do you know how far you are from Des Moines right now? And everybody's thinking 100 miles, 300 miles. I don't know. And, and the punchline is one pitch. That's how far <laughs> you are from being set back to AAA. You no good Chicago Cubs scrub pitch. You know, whatever. I thought that was pretty creative, That's right? not bad. No profanity. We didn't need to, you know, shelter the children in our general area. We made <laughs> friends with the ushers and usherettes. One pitch. Tell me that's not creative, right? It's not bad. It's not bad. You can pull creativity even out of your fellow Philadelphian caveman. That's how we rolled back in the day. Darren and Mick, a much more high-class trip <laughs> to Fenway Park. You got the win. I'm, I'm proud you of that. You got a win. It was, it was great. Thanks for bringing back the victory. Any final thoughts there before we get to phone calls? No. I mean, other than it was a, a fantastic trip. So, and you didn't uh, have to sleep on the streets of Boston. And I did not have to sleep in the streets of Boston. You found the only hotel room I, left. I'm pretty sure it was the only <laughs> hotel room in Boston. At what time? Three? Closer to three. <laughs> 30 probably. All right. Gina in Raleigh has been waiting patiently. We mentioned Rodney Rowe, Kenny Harrison, and others making their name in the USA track and field context. What can you add to that, Gina? Uh, also, that uh, Delilah Muhammad, who ran the 400-meter hurdles, she set a world record this weekend, beating it by almost a second. It was a 12-year world record. And were these folks, are they qualifying for the world championships or the Olympics or both? They're, they're qualifying for the world championships in Doha. Okay. And, you know, Doha, the Olympics yeah. are next year. Yep. Yeah. We are a great track and field state, man. There's a lot of uh, college programs and high school programs. It feels like North Carolina is well represented in that community all the time. Yeah, and we're hosting the youth uh, track and field junior Olympics this weekend in Greensboro. So. That's right. Our, the great city of Greensboro, our friends here at the David Glenn Show. Thank you for listening and for calling. Shout out to Rodney and the others who qualified this weekend for the next World Championships of track and field. Justin has a Fenway Park story to share, perhaps from his sports bucket list. We'll get to that and other phone calls on the other side. The classic sports movie challenge. I think it's intern Will representing William Peace. He's the intern who set this bar so high that we had interns shaking at the knees just trying to 
come close to the very high bar Will set in the Classic Sports Movie Challenge. His dazzling details and fun facts were actually that good as we got the July edition of the Classic Sports Movie Challenge rolling a few weeks ago. So it's Will back in the saddle next hour. It's Joe Person live from Spartanburg on all things NFL in 45 minutes. And it's your phone calls in between. 1-800-849-2761. Justin and his Fenway story and your calls are next on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Was, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Classic Sports Movie Challenge next hour. That means prizes for you. We played the audio of a classic sports movie. First with the correct title. Gets his or her pick from the expansive DG Show prize closet. Justin in Raleigh wants to follow up on Darren Vaught, our producer, crossing a sports bucket list item off his lifetime list. He went to Fenway. He saw his Red Sox. They beat the Yankees. He is back safely. Justin in Raleigh had a Fenway Park experience to share as well. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, David. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. I sure, uh, love the show, man. Thank you. So, yeah, I hear Darren uh, talking about his weekend kind of brought back some, uh, some memories from mine and uh, like his could have been a fiasco of mine as well. Um, so my wife knew what a Red Sox fan I was. And, of course, you know, like many baseball fans, many guys, you want to that bucket list. So she surprised me with opening day tickets to the Red Sox Yankees at Fenway. Nice. Uh, on Easter weekend. So, uh, you know, the day's building up. It was like two weeks. She let me know beforehand. So the day of we're leaving, we're flying out of RDU and heading down 40. You know, you try to get there about an hour before your flight. And we're about 10 minutes from RDU. And I look at her and kind of jokingly say, so she got the tickets. And uh, oh, no. I see a panic and, and horror look on her face oh you gotta be freaking kidding no it's like no i left the tickets we lived in garner at the time so you're looking at about an hour round trip so yeah real quick because we're almost out of time go ahead okay um so anyway she she's like well i'll just go back and take get the tickets i'm like well i'm going to the airport and uh like what if you're not back by the time the flight leaves she's like just go so the lady's like you got to get on the flight man Plane's about to leave, so I hop on the flight, head to Boston. Uh, and I get to Boston, I have a message on my phone from my wife. She's like, I got the tickets, and I got the next flight. I'll meet you there in about an hour. Everybody, so, it worked out well? You saw it together? It worked out well. I, I, was, I mean, I was Woo. a little upset, obviously. We dialed it in and had a good weekend. Even went to the Cavs and Celtics game that weekend. Man, well. there's, there's sweat on my eyebrow after that story. Shout out to Justin's wife for making that dream come true. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see. When people say, oh, stick to sports, who passed that law? You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Hour three will include Joe Person live from Panthers camp on the NFL. It will include a Jeremy Lin update. It will include more best and worst of the weekend phone calls. And it will be led by a classic sports movie challenge. You can be a winner next on The David Glenn Show.
Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show.